from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. I am one of your hosts, Seth Kaiser. I'm here with Ryan Tracy and Chris Clark. The whole band is together today. Fellas, how you doing? Uh, I feel better. A lot better than some of the Chiefs players are doing right now, considering <laughs> the injuries that mounted at the very end of the game. Oh, they'll be fine. I'm, I'm, it's nothing. I'm feeling, Walk it off. I'm feeling very optimistic. I don't. I don't even have. I, I don't even recall the full list. It's. Uh. You know. We'll. We'll see how they do. You know what? Here's what I know. Here's what I know. Dorian O'Daniel. He needs to be on the field, my friends. Yes, that's he what does. I know. That's what I know. Um. And that. And that's one thing about you know with Anthony Hitchens. That's unfortunate. But I gotta say, with how Hitchens has been playing. Although I, I just yeah I don't I don't want to be a dink or anything like that I just don't know if it hurts the team all that much to be perfectly honest. The only thing that I'd be worried about is, is runs right down the gut, and I'm glad to see that they got Neiman in there on some of those running downs. I thought that was important. I agree, I agree. But man, it was it is it's great you know to watch them a couple different plays on a couple different drives trying that swing pass to the running back. That crap does not fly with O'Daniel in the game. Nope. And so that that's my that's my first thought. But I actually I have a thing I want to talk to you guys about, if that's all right. I have, I have something on the heart and mind. And what's on my heart and mind is a solar reptilian being from outer space. Silver Surfer? No, close though. Sammy Watkins. Oh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> nearly as rare yes nearly as rare sammy watkins so there's been a lot of talk about sammy watkins i i did something with carrington harrison we kind of chatted about him and there, there's been a lot of film guys versus stats guys chatting about sammy watkins well now the stat guys for at least a week are going to be happy with watkins he had over 100 yards receiving had a couple touchdowns and the film guys, in my opinion, should be happy too. But I just, I, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on Watkins against Denver, the role he played. What, what you thought of how he did there, Chris? Where, where you landed on, on, on our reptilian solar being? I thought Watkins played a fantastic game. Uh, it's great to see him get the ball in space and see what he's able to do with it. I do think that it, you know, you look at the end of the first half and that ball. Uh, from Patrick Mahomes to Sammy Watkins for the touchdown right before the end of the first half. Uh, that is a position that you want to put your offensive players in. Sammy Watkins on a li- on an inside linebacker, yes, please, yes. over and over <laughs> and over and over again. Yeah, that that was not Vance uh, Joseph's finest moment there, or his defensive coordinators. I don't know how that happens to you. Yeah. Well, you know, and I have to say, I thought Joe Woods did a pretty good job calling that Denver defense for the most part today. Yeah. That clearly was manipulation on Reed's part to get that matchup. Mm-hmm. And and I love, again, I just come back to Sammy. Sammy's excellent on the slot. Uh, running, especially the slant out of the slot. I love that because he, he runs with such strength once the ball's in his hand. Yep. Uh, I, I really enjoy watching that. It's almost like an extension as if you know, a fullback were that fast, and that's really what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> Any time play can resemble fullback play, you are here for this. Hey, oh, I'm sorry. I, we need to pause this podcast for one moment to discuss the crucial onside kick recovery by the Shermanator, Anthony Sherman. Oh, he was almost gone. Uh, he was like Kaiser Soze. Poof, he was almost gone. I actually thought about you, Ryan. On a scale of 1 to 10, how freaked out 
would you have been had he taken that back? I mean, would would you have even been able to to podcast with us, or would you still be going ah? Some version of that. I'd still be on my way to Arrowhead to to, to give him a high five personally. <laughs> And somebody's got to replace the uh, the hole I ripped in my screen door because that's so <laughs> the Ryan shaped hole in your screen door. So I, I'm curious, you know, with some of the flack you get regarding Watkins. I mean, obviously he played well against Denver. Um, I agree with what you said, Ryan, about the yards after catch. Where 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 do you guys land in terms of what you know the whole debate with with Sammy Watkins? Obviously he got paid a lot of money. There's no debate about that. Um, I I'm curious where you guys land on that. I have some of my own thoughts, but I don't want to prejudice prejudice yours. Chris, do you think so far Sammy Watkins has been worth the contract? And do you think finishing out the year he will be? I think that's a slippery slope when it comes to that question, because to me, you can't just look at the stats. To me, you look at what he's done on the field and how much of the defense he's pulling towards him. Because, I got news for you. He is a big reason I think Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill have been running open all over the field. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I do think that he's had a big impact on this offense, and it's not going to show up in the stat sheet. And he's willing to go out there, and he's willing to go block. And then you see uh, you know, his second touchdown pass, that uh, slant over the middle or whatever it was, um, him outrunning the defender, and you saw who got the last block? It was Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. Was that Hill? I thought it was was Hill. He didn't get a great hit on him, but he got enough. Yeah, and seal that, that corner for that him. Playing. Right, and that shows you they're playing for each other. They are. And, they are. And Watkins, you know, is blocking for Hill downfield when Hill has the ball in his hands. Yep. So, you know, honestly, I think it's a fantastic move by Kansas City, and I think that they're going to get the value out of him throughout his career in Kansas City. Um, this was just a small glimpse of what he's able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played a great game, eight eight targets or sorry, nine targets and eight catches for 107 yards and two touchdowns. That's really yes. efficient. That is wildly efficient. Ryan, how about you? Are you, are you happy with what he's done so far and you think he'll play a crucial role moving forward? I have no problem with Sammy's done so far. And I do yep. believe that he is going to be the guy when I think honestly, what we saw today is, is a function of what I expect to see down the stretch, particularly in the playoffs when defenses mm-hmm. have to choose about shutting down or trying to take away Hill and Kelsey, this is what Sammy has to do. And I thought he executed and he played his role to his point. Are the Chiefs overpaying for their third receiver in that role? Yes. And I am disappointed about that. It's a hefty price tag they're paying for that kind of role. But that's not Sammy's fault. He right. took his contract and he's doing what he can do. I I disagree with you overpaying, but that's me. <laughs> you know, it's it's an interesting thing because you know that's that's something Carrington talked about is the potential opportunity cost. You know, would the Chiefs be better off overall had they just kept around Albert Wilson, who's also exceptional after the catch, um, and then you know kept him around for for seven or eight million a year, and then you know spent eight million dollars on a defender. In theory, if you get a very good starter. I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. The difference between Wilson and Watkins, in my opinion, is that Watkins can do all this after the catch stuff we're seeing. But he also, um, you know, he had that that one catch where Mahomes just put heat on that thing and he just stabbed the ball out of the air with his hands. Those are mm-hmm. those are the things that Watkins can do. He can uncover against almost any corner. He can get a little separation, do that kind of thing. For me, what's interesting is you know, his stats are slightly deflated because he left the Denver game super early. He's basically played one fewer game than everyone else. But he's on pace for a decent season for a receiver. Um, the, the reality of the situation is 
as always, the box score doesn't show everything. And like Chris, like you alluded to, what I'm excited for, I want to see them use Watkins a little more like Watkins, really taking advantage of the fact, like what you said, Ryan, out of the slot, some of these routes that he runs very well, and maybe not mm-hmm. try to use him quite as much. He's a great downfield threat, for sure. But he can do a lot of other things, too. And I'd like to see them incorporate him more into the game plan moving forward. Because really, with the ball in his hands, he is, in his own way, he is just as dangerous in terms of yardage as Hill, even though he's not quite as dangerous in terms of breaking big plays, if that makes sense. No, I'm with you because he runs harder. He can yeah. break more tackles. And I agree with you. I, I, like I said, it's not on Sammy. I want to see them incorporate him into the game plan to make him a point of emphasis more. And I think that's right. the only difference between earning what I feel is is what's due of this offense for the salary that he's earning versus right. coming up short. Right. And one for thing – yeah, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, for me, we will see what Watkins does the rest of the season. Right. But I have to say that I think he looks a lot more comfortable in the offense that he did three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Right. And to me, that's the biggest thing. I could care less. Okay, I take that back. I, I'm not going to say I could care less about his stats to this point in the season. But it's pretty close to I could care less about his stats in the, to this point in the season because I know that in the past, you bring in wide receivers into this offense, they're going to take quite a while to get used to all the different play calls that Andy Reid's going to do. That's very true. And I understand what you're saying, Ryan, about – them paying him a lot of money, and he's their third best option. But Kansas City's been very lucky. You saw Tyree Kill get up gimping today. You saw Travis Kelsey get up gimping today. Neither mm, right. of those guys go down. You have to have Watkins because, I'm sorry, Albert Wilson isn't going to be a guy that's going to be able to uncover and be able to be a legitimate number two threat in this offense. Yeah, Sammy's a 1B. He's not a 2. Right. I, I would agree with that for sure. And one thing that's worth thinking about, we got to take our first break here in a minute, maybe talk about the other side of the ball. With, with regards to, to Sammy, he is really early in the offense, Chris. You're absolutely right. And most receivers outside of Jeremy Macklin's the only receiver we've seen have success immediately in this offense. And there's a reason for that. Right. I mean, he knew. yeah, he knew the offense. Uh, Watkins Reed said himself, he's being asked to learn three receiver positions and he's doing pretty well. Um, you see, he's making the most of his targets and to, to go along with what you said, he's a lot more comfortable. One thing I've noticed now that he's had, cause this is his second game where he was the import of him was very clearly felt in other games. It's been more of a supporting role. I think he looks like he's pressing less than he was. He doesn't look like he's kind of, you know, just pressing a little bit, trying to make a play. <laughs> From my notes, I'm staring at them right now. Sammy looks comfortable in this offense today. <laughs> See, Ryan, <laughs> get out of my head. All right. We are, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. And uh, Ryan and I are going to have a rare disagreement about something. And I'm going to talk about how well the defense actually played against the Broncos. And Ryan will say something. I'm not sure what. Are you looking to reach new customers? I could be mentioning your business right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with their sponsors than on web pages or other forms of media. Our demographic is 98% males and offers more opportunities than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsored this podcast today. Email us at LockedOnChiefs at gmail.com. Let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor. We all love a good night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band live and in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend that concert or show or sporting event at a great price. 
Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events that you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in a specific section and row. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off of their $200 order and save you more money. Go to the Apple Store or the Google Store and download the Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off of your $200 purchase as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make memories that last and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event in person. All right. You know, it rarely happens. You know, sometimes everyone fights at times. You know, Milo and Otis probably disagreed about things occasionally. Um, you know, the the fox and the hound. You know, they had the whole the hound was supposed to kill him thing, right? And so all great friends throughout history occasionally disagree. Ryan, I thought the Chiefs defense had an underrated performance against the Broncos and showed some encouraging stuff moving forward. And I think they were just as big a part of that win as the offense was. What say you, my friend? I think you drink more than me. <laughs> I will give you the point. They had wow. they had some plays that I thought were really encouraging, but I was and maybe this is uh you know my expectations and being disappointed in them. Uh, but I had what I felt like the, the run defense was coming along. I felt like they're playing more aggressively. And I saw that take a step back in terms of its aggression today. Right. And anytime you let a five foot eight hundred and forty pound tailback run for over five yards of carry, I have a problem with that. <laughs> what I can I jump in real quick? I understand where you're going with this and, and I know you're talking about running game, but let me say one thing. If Ron Parker doesn't miss two coverage assignments, yeah. how much different is this game? Well, yeah, I completely agree about the passing game. I'm talking about the running game, something that I think they should have had short up. And, and I don't disagree with that. My point is is that if he doesn't miss those two play calls, it completely changes the game, and it's a different game completely. Because there should have been no chance that he had that they got – I mean, that was their two first scores. Right. Well, and I'll tell you this, I won't disagree with you, but the guy who looked confused to me, at least on the first one, was Fuller, not Parker. Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100% sure about that. It's easy to blame the safety in those situations. But that said, Parker I again, in in both of those situations, I guess in theory it could have been the corner who was wrong cuz maybe Steven Nelson was wrong to expect mm-hmm. over the top help, but it looked to me like like Parker was supposed to be playing deep in cover 2 on that on that touchdown. And so mm-hmm. and, and that- and that's where I'm coming from. It looked like it should have been covered right. too. And yeah, so, both times. and so Parker should have been there. And so it's easy to blame him for the first one too. And I, I personally think that he's, he's had some issues with this. Parker's been very feast or famine. You know, he had that great pick six that buried the Bengals, made a fantastic play there, but he is not, I don't think a, a good safety at this point. I don't even know if he's an average safety. He runs hot and cold. Now he makes some good plays. He has some good coverages, but he's, he can be problematic in, in terms of blown coverages. And that's an issue at safety. That's a real problem, especially when you're taking, say, Jordan Lucas, who's played very well, off the field. That People aren't going to like that. <laughs> no, and, and I'll say this. I thought Murray played decently, but there was a couple of times he was in the wrong place as yep. well. And I, don't, I can't tell you whether it was – by call or whatever, but it, it brings me back to the general feeling that on this defense, for both the second and the third levels, that something's too complex. The calls are too complex because there's a lot of missed assignments. There's a lot of guessing at gaps in the run game, 
over pursuing, missing assignments in right. the pass game. And, and I think that falls back to the staff. To and correct. I could agree with that for sure. But since I was going to say nice things and give and give the correct view, and I think Chris is agreeing with me. So, Chris, let's gang up on, <laughs> let's we were go, fighting. Let's gang let's up on Ryan here. Here's the thing. The offense played lights out for the most part after a bad first drive. But notice yet another, the Chiefs again kick off to start the game. And what happens again? The opposing team punts. Game after game after game after game. The Chiefs have given up on first drives this year now because Cincy had the same thing happen. On first drives this year, teams have scored three points in eight games on the Chiefs. That's awesome. Eight drives, three points. And so, hey, say whatever else about the defense. They are always giving the offense the opportunity to jump on them. Uh, Jump on the opponent. Anyway, you know what I meant. It's been a long day. So – here, here's one thing that I did notice. The offense, of course, because Kevin Harlan, he is the jinx. Now, I love Harlan. I think he's one of the best in the business. His voice is just a thing of beauty. I've got to be honest. But he jinxed the Chiefs. You notice that? He was talking about how many drives in a row they'd scored, and then suddenly, pick, punt, punt. It was terrible. You guys aren't joining me in my outrage, and I'm a little upset about I'm, that, I'm, I'm, I'm to be I'm, honest. I'm, you know, I'm just saying – Outrage comes along, and, you know, and I have – this is a unique weekend for me because I have a house full of, of people, uh, the majority of which are Bronco fans because they're friends of my wife. And Dude. so I have to deal with that initially when the first quarter doesn't go quite oh. as, as they wish. And I'm like, okay, listen, Pat, Pat starts, a little, starts a little slow, a little hyped up. Honestly, I didn't think he'd be hyped and have these overthrows for this particular game after having already right. played this team and gone through the, the multiple primetime games and everything. I was a little surprised by that. I'll say that. But yeah. I told him, I was like, hey, you know, uh, yeah, you can you can complain about the Chiefs defense all you want, but they've still only given up, at that time, uh, you know, 14 points. So, right. easy putts. Yeah, and well, here here's the big thing for me. The, the Chiefs offense slows down because Harlan jinxed him because he's, you know, he's a terrible person, clearly. But <laughs> so you, but you know, Mahomes, they, the, the defense gets the ball back. And the, the Chiefs have a chance to do something. And Mahomes throw, overthrows a pick. And here's what's interesting. He really has, I mean, that is, what, six picks now in the last four games? That's, yep. that's not ideal. And they he needs to figure that out, or he's going to be more close to what people predicted. Although he's still, the ceiling is still higher than people predicted. But he doesn't yes. want to be a one-pick-a-game player. That's not, that. that is not, you can be an elite quarterback and be a one-pick-a-game player. Drew Brees proves that. But... Mm-hmm. Man, it sure was preferable when he wasn't throwing any, and that was a very avoidable pick. It was not a smart throw on, on first down to Kelsey. The defense. I, I want to jump in here and say the most important or the most impressive stat to me that it comes down to for Patrick Mahomes, youngest player, less least amount of games ever to throw 25 touchdown passes in his career, and he didn't have any in his first game. That is impressive. So – Yes, we can talk about the picks, and I completely agree with you. That was a horrible pass play. Mm-hmm. But he has played so well, and it has been so impressive to watch. And it drove me nuts. You talk about Kevin Harlan driving you nuts. I'm sitting there being driven nuts by the fact that he kept saying three touchdowns for the entire second half of the game when Mahomes threw that pass to Kareem Hunt that was easily a pass. Oh, yeah, the, the old shovel pass. Hey, you know what? You guys managed to trick me into not saying how the defense actually did well. <laughs> We're going to go on one more break, and if it's all right with you guys, I need to make my point because I think I digressed myself by bringing up Patrick Mahomes. 
I could be wrong. I think you did. Yeah, that was some – that was well played, Ryan. Well played. Hey. All right. We're, we'll be right back, and we're going to talk about why the Chiefs defense was hashtag actually good. Isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand-name clothes? Why do we go buy new kids' clothes if they just outgrow them in a few months? Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? Well, there is. Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Stop driving to the store after store and sifting through racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find just what you need. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year. Shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something you can feel good about. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. Quality, hand-inspected items are added on a daily basis. If something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. We have a special offer for our listeners. Get 35% off select items for your first order with promo code Locked On. That's 35% off with promo code Locked On. Plus, find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. All right, hashtag actually good. So, as I was saying, Matt Mahomes throws a pick. Chiefs, what do they do? They force a turnover of their own. Then Chiefs offense punts the ball. Chiefs offense really stalled there late in the second half. Now, I think they were playing a little more conservative. I can't really tell, you know, without without having really broken things down. The idea that, that Reed goes super conservative, I found, is kind of a farce, to be perfectly honest. But Mahomes didn't look completely as sharp in the second half. But the defense stepped up. And yes, the Broncos had one long drive, but they made them earn every step of it. They got him to turn the ball over a couple times. They had some key sacks that Kendall Fuller had an unbelievable pick. And mm-hmm. so to me, the reality is, although the defense didn't play a great game, they did what they needed to do to be an active contributor to the win. Because if the defense does not play well in the second half, I think you have some real concerns there. Now, am I ever really concerned? I'm really not at this point because I, I, I genuinely like believe Mahomes can do anything. <laughs> but like, well, and I'll put it this way: I said it during the game to this crowd full of people, a Bronco fan, that are in my yeah. house, which I have to do something about. You really do. But I told them I was like, yards don't earn you win. It's about how many points you give up, and at the yardage that they were giving up. I can live with that as long as they don't get in. And like Chris said earlier, two of those scores were off of iffy, if not blown, coverages. So this is really this is still probably you know a fifteen point game without those Absolutely. two plays. Absolutely, and the defense again, they did some good stuff down the stretch. You know, the Broncos again, they had that long touchdown drive. But I mean, how man, what did that take half the quarter off the clock? When when you're down a couple yep. scores like that, you can't have that happen. And they got good pressure. They had good coverage. I think the defense definitely has warts, but this is not like an all-time terrible defense like we were afraid it was after the first five or six weeks. And I think we've seen that over the last four or five games, excluding the Patriots game where Tom Brady did Tom Brady stuff. Well, the question I have for you guys, and do the Chiefs make any moves? Like Ryan just said, we have 48 hours to find out whether or not they're going to make a move. I'm not going to be surprised if they do make a move. I'm not sure who it's going to be for. Uh, Giants did end up going one and seven on Sunday. So Landon Collins, <laughs> Landon Collins, you guys are funny. I'd be all and, in on that. And I, I don't and, think. 
I understand yeah. what you're saying about Ryan, about us being funny and it's not going to happen. And I get that. Here's my thing though. You look at what this defense is able to do so far. We still have not seen them the past two games without just, they've been without Justin Houston. Brandon yep. uh, Breland speaks had a sack today, which was big. And they've been still without Eric Berry. Yeah, I mean, so, we got to give Speaks a lot of credit, I got to say, because it's not just the sack, although it was for good yardage. But I felt like he was beating up Bulls most of the day. He got he a couple right. of extra hits. And yeah. here's the great thing. That's a matchup we're going to see for years because Bulls is going to be their left tackle for quite a bit. Right. Well, and the funny thing to me about Speaks was, uh, I don't know if you noticed it, but when he recovered that fumble from that Ford caused. The wave. Which, by the way. Yeah, the wave that he did in, in did college, he, he did it again. Did he really? <laughs> That's all he did. I didn't even notice that. You know, speaks. Although I, I'm still concerned about the edges, um, because I've noticed more runs to the edges with with Houston out. Because Ford is not a good edge defender, and I, for all his size, it doesn't seem like Speaks is either. Um, but you know what, Speaks, he's come around. Like he hasn't been a terrible weakness, like I thought he would be. I mean, he looked awful to start the year, and. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's, I mean, good, yeah, good for him. I mean, you know, there are some players, and there's not a lot of them, but there are some players where you can't figure out why, but they're oddly semi-effective. Even though they don't have any one thing they do that well. Even though they don't – you know what I mean? Like those players where it's just like, mm-hmm. how are you producing? And maybe well, that's I'll tell what you what speaks. else I liked – um, they allowed him to get comfortable because there was a number of downs, and I, I didn't scout them. I haven't counted them out yet, and I'll look at the film later, folks. But uh, they they allowed him to do what he was comfortable with. They put him with his hand in the dirt a number of times as a 4-3 D end and didn't make him stand up and let him be comfortable, and I think that was a step forward for him. I, I completely agree. I you know As far as moves go, this is, I mean, this is a Super Bowl contending team. There's absolutely no doubt about this. The Chiefs, I don't think if you walked up to anyone who follows football and said the Chiefs are one of the best three teams in the NFL, almost no one would argue with you other than people that are just being ridiculous, right? And so, otherwise known as Broncos. Well, Broncos Broncos haven't beaten the Chiefs in like 400 years, so no one cares what they think about this. It's an unfortunate. Although I do like Case Keenum, he seems like a legitimately good dude for what it's worth. Um, A good dude that can't play very well against. He just he really he really can't. He's just if he were five percent better, he'd be a decent quarterback. He's not quite there. He's not terrible, but he's just not very good. He's a gamer though. But here's the deal: so you've got a Super Bowl contending squad. And you've got a clear weak side of the ball in the defense. The the NFL is a league of playmakers. Um, and so the Chiefs' defense needs to be opportunistic. Now, a lot of people have talked about, like, the Honey Badger from the Texans, but they've kind of brought their season back to life. That's not really an option. You know, I think of a guy like Landon Collins. I, I, I think he can make plays. And now, again, how much are you willing to give up for a guy that might be a one-year rental? Um, but the reality is Parker was a problem against the Broncos and he's going to vacillate back and forth. And are you willing to pay that price? I don't know. Maybe Sorensen coming back changes things. My biggest fear is that Sorensen coming back means that they're going to take Lucas off the field completely and have it be like Sorensen Parker and then Murray. And that's going to really drive me insane. If that's what they do. You ready to go nuts. I'm just saying, I, I don't think you're going to see any kind of consistency, and I think it's really going to be week to week. And unfortunately, when you don't have a rock back there until Eric Berry's back, 
it, I, it kind of bleeds into the the younger players in Murray and Lucas, who are amongst you know, the leading tacklers in this game because they were forced to do that. But the up and down, the lack of consistency, uh, consistency right. is something that I, I think you're not going to get that straightened out until the offseason. Right. And I think especially if they if Barry comes back and again, the team thinks he's coming back. They they definitely think he's coming back for a home stretch. And what a cool story it would make if he did, right? You know, if he came back and helped lead the defense back to respectability, it'd be a great story. Um Houston and Barry add a lot of consistency, right? I mean, you're you're swapping and Breland Speaks has done okay, but he's not Justin Houston or even close. And then you add Eric Berry in there. Now, Berry's not perfect, but he is twice the safety that anyone the Chiefs currently have. And so that does add a lot. But I'm still someone, I'm an all-in kind of guy. I've I found myself more and more feeling that way. If I were them, I would be making some calls to bad teams like the Giants and saying, hey, you know, what, you know, what, what are you looking to give up? I really wish they would have made a phone call about Snacks Harrison. I'm really upset about that, to be honest. Because um, he is an unbelievable run defender. And that could have really helped. And so that frustrates me. But beyond that, I would like to see them make some kind of move for sure. Well, if they do, we'll let everybody know. Did you have something, Chris? No, I just was going to say something Seth talked about earlier was uh, the um, Houston Texans. And I just think it's funny because you look at uh, PFT. I don't talk about them too much, but they ran a poll. Who, what quarterback would you want for the next five years on your team? Uh, Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson? And even after Watson's four touchdown game, Mahomes won eighty five percent of the vote. <laughs> and I just think it's funny because I remember last year watching Deshaun Watson do things that I mm-hmm. thought were pretty good, but I still didn't think it was all worldly. Right. So watching what the Chiefs have in Mahomes, it's gonna be it's a lot of fun to watch. It's special. It is, and I'll go out on a limb here. I, I think Watson is that good of a quarterback, and I think it will be the two of them eventually. As as the older guard retires, we're going to get to the point where we're going to remember that draft and the two of them, I think. I agree. We will see down the road, folks, and we will let you know about injuries, everything else that we find out, if they make a move, as by the time you're hearing this, we're probably down to 24 hours till the deadline. Uh, tomorrow we'll have a crossover for you with uh, Jeff Lloyd of the Browns. We're going to start talking about that, and we'll be back on Thursday with film. Uh, and hopefully I will have seen some by that, or otherwise we'll just listen to Seth talk. But other than that, thank you, fellas. appreciate you guys being here today. Always fun. And, folks, uh, we'll be back with you in the morning. Have a good one. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.